Hi, I am Elle Cole, and you are listening to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. This is episode 55. In this episode, we hear from James Oliver Jr., a dad of twins. While his twins are remote schooling, he leads the Parentpreneur Foundation, which he started during COVID-19, to help Black parent entrepreneurs have a community of support and a safe place to go and learn from each other. We are sharing this episode because many homeschool families are also entrepreneurs as well. Hopefully, this episode will encourage you to keep going. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, consider supporting it monthly by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost of only $2 a month. Visit patreon.com slash cleverly changing. Today's African proverb is, if there were no elephant in the jungle, the buffalo would be a great animal. And that's a Ghanaian proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Isizulu. Pa. Pa. It means give. I have some exciting news. During the month of April, I will be releasing my second book, The Ultimate Sickle Cell Activity Book. If you want to learn more about sickle cell disease, which is the most common disorder in the world, then you should sign up for my newsletter by going to cleverlychanging.com and putting in your name and email address so that I can contact you about updates. Thanks in advance. Welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elle Cole, and today we have a special guest, James Oliver, and he is the founder of an amazing parentpreneur community. James, can you introduce yourself so that our audience will know who you are and what you do? Yes. Hey, Elle. So good to be here with you. Uh, As you said, I'm James Oliver Jr. I am co-founder of the World's Cutest Twins AKA the twin NATO, Zoe and Thaddeus, they're eight years old. Uh, I am also the founder of WeMontage.com, which is the world's only website that lets you turn your digital images into removable photo wallpaper. I'm a published author of the book, uh, The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get, You Can Be a Successful Parentpreneur. And I am CEO of the Parentpreneur Foundation, which exists to empower Black parentpreneurs uh, so they can leave a legacy for their beautiful Black children. 
Amazing. You know, you do so much. And to be a, a parent as well, I know that there are a lot of parents who, you know, really take an interest in what you do and how you're really showing up in the world. And it's like, you know, I'm a part of your Parentpreneur Foundation. And I think what really struck me and why I really wanted to have you on the podcast is how much you have really dedicated your life to giving back to the community. And I think we all often were raised to, to help people and serve our community, but sometimes we don't actually know how to do that in a, you know, in multiple ways. And I think you definitely are able to do that with your foundation. Can you kind of share a little bit about how your foundation uh, really is serving the community? Yeah, so, you know, we look at parentpreneurs holistically. It's not just, uh, here's, you know, throwing money, uh, grants, at people to help them with their business because the truth is, you know, we're not the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We can't throw enough money at people to help them solve their money problems, right? So, but we do uh, give grants. So we started this thing last August. And so we're, you know, six, seven months in and already we've issued a third round of $10,000 in grants total. So every time we do this, we identified 10 Black parentpreneurs, and we give them $1,000, but the money is really, it's intended to be inspirational and aspirational in some ways, really to just say like, yo, like just be inspired, be encouraged, keep going. Uh, and the other thing is, I don't care what you use the money for. I really don't. You know, if, if you and your partner, spouse, husband, wife, whatever, Y'all situations on the rocks. Y'all need to take a vacation. Y'all could get right. See, so I can be better for the children. Go do that, right? You need to spend money on diapers. Go do that. You need to pay for therapy. Go do that. If you need to finish your MVP, go do that. Like I literally don't care what you spend the money on. It's just to say, like, yo, I see you, I feel you, and I got you. So that's the money piece. Uh, but it's like. You know, come for the grants, stay for the community. <laughs> because that's really, I think, where the magic is, just this incredible. And I, I just smile every day looking at this thing developing and how people are collaborating and networking and, and supporting each other. Man, it's awesome. I, I really, really love it. And we, you know, we give people access to resources and other people that they normally would never be able to get access to, you know, we have Seth Godin coming to meet with us for the stuff the first time, the second time, right? Seth Godin charges $75,000 to do presentations. Seth is coming with, coming to chop it up with us like he did last time. And oh, by the way, he's bearing gifts. This time we're going to give away 20 scholarships to his world famous Akimbo marketing seminar. Uh, so it's things like that. Just, you know, David Cohn's coming uh, in a couple of weeks, David is one of the world's most influential tech startup investors. And, you know, David's rocking with us. He, you know, he, he, David's amazing though, because he jumped right. So I think the progression is, you know, you meet somebody, can you get them to be a mentor? Okay, that's fine. I have some opinions about mentorship because I think mentorship's okay. But really, I think black entrepreneurs are over mentored and underfunded. Uh, but it can be helpful if people can help you navigate the landscape or the space you're playing in. It can be helpful. But when they start like sponsoring you, 
that's where the magic happens. People are like, what's the difference between a mentor and a sponsor? So mentors be like, yo, this is dope conference coming up. I saw it online. They got some great speakers. You should go register. I'm like, okay, thanks. I could have figured that out on my own, but okay, thanks, right? I mean, I'm on the internet. I see stuff too. I don't, thanks, whatever. Um, sponsors be like, yo, I recommended you as a paid speaker on this panel for this conference coming up because I know the people putting it on. See, that's the difference. You know, sponsors up, <laughs> mentors down. No, not exactly sideways because mentors can't be helpful, but the point is to get from mentorship to sponsorships, but you have to cultivate those relationships. And David, he went right from just somebody I met eight years ago when I was going through a startup accelerator on a Google, I met him on a Google Hangout to being a sponsor. It's amazing. Amazing. But that was on the strength of the same thing that happened with Brad Fell, who's, you know, other co-founder of Techstars, one of the most influential venture capitalists and tech startup investors, you know, arguably in the world. I don't know, but definitely in the United States. But Brad is the person who, you know, he's our benefactor. Like he's the one that gave us the first $50,000 seed grant to start this thing. And, you know, he was gracious enough to uh, help me co-create a an operating plan to put it together. Um, man, it's a whole fascinating story behind that. It's just, just fascinating. Um, but on the back of my relationship with Brad, you know, David kind of jumped in and jumped on. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter a few weeks ago when we were raising money on Twitter. Did you see that? I can't hear you. Yes. <laughs> Yo, L. <sighs> that was incredible because so Mark Sister, Mark Sister, who's another very, you know, he's LA big time managing partner, upfront venture capital, upfront VC. He's big, right? He's big. And um, I, got, I was going back and forth with him for, for months. And like, I knew he was going to be helpful, but I didn't know when, but I know he would just on the strength of how I got to him. And that's why social capital matters. You see me riffing about that a lot because I think people are always talking about, and a simple Google search bears this out. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know this to be the case. Everybody's talking about black entrepreneurs have a hard time getting to the money, getting to the bag, getting to the VC money, institutional capital, et cetera. Yeah, we all know that. But the one thing that I don't see a lot of people talking about is the dearth of social capital in our community and with black black entrepreneurs. Okay. So why does that matter? It matters because um, it's it keeps you from executing, executing your would be brilliant idea. And more insidiously and I think even more problematic is it keeps you from imagining what's possible. And Einstein, Albert Einstein said that imagination is greater than knowledge, right? And if we can't even imagine what's possible, how can we leave a legacy for our grandkids and our great-grandkids? How can we do that? As the Bible says, you know, good woman, good man leaves a legacy for his or her grandkids, right? How can you do that? You don't even know what the heck's going on out in these Rona streets, on these Trep streets. You can't. So... It's really important to me, which is why I bring people like you know, those names I've been rattling off. I mean, we had Dr. George Fraser come to. I don't, did you see that webinar, that conversation? Oh. Yes, yes. And I and I got to listen to Dr. Fraser at a traffic sales and profit um, yeah. 
event. He was one of the keynote speakers and yeah. he is just phenomenal. So listen, listeners, if you don't know who George Frazier is, Google him. Yeah. <laughs> just Google him. Yeah. He is phenomenal and dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. I think he, he lays out a lot of truths about entrepreneurship because we like to wear it as a badge somewhat in our communities where it's like, oh, you know, for instance, people will say black women are some of the most, you know, the, the demographic that has the most entrepreneurs. But the problem with that is we're also not the demographic that's bringing in the most capital. We may start businesses, but often they're struggling. And so Dr. Frazier really spoke to that and we don't just want to start businesses, we want to thrive. And that kind of leads me to saying that your community is doing an excellent job of helping people understand how to take their ideas and thrive, not just have a business because anybody yeah. can create a business. You can, you can go to your state, you can pay your money and create yeah. a business, but right. is that business earning income? Right. Is, do, you know, do you know how to network? Do you know how to collaborate? And, right. and I think you're really giving people those stepping stones in order to do that. For instance, you did um, LinkedIn consultations where, you know, what LinkedIn is one of the places I feel like you really thrive and you make your connections. Can you kind of speak to that piece and why that was important to you? Uh, yeah, it goes back to the social capital that we were just talking about. And, you know, LinkedIn is a professional networking site. And, you know, it's so funny. I kind of got into a little bit of a, a little bit of a tit for tat for tit with some guy who posted something on LinkedIn, just, yeah, I mean, it's people on social media just be doing too much, man. You gotta just like chill, you know, just be doing too much. He, you know, his point was, you know, if you're on LinkedIn, if you don't just accept anybody's invitation, like you taking yourself too seriously. And I was like, well, look, it all depends on what your objective is, right? For me, you know, so, but again, this guy's profile, he's a LinkedIn top voice. So, that's like, it makes sense that he wants everybody named mom and connect with him. I don't, right? I see it as a professional networking platform. The reason I'm connecting with you is because somehow, some way, what you're doing is relevant to the mission that I'm on my business, the foundation, any of it, right? And if it's not, and you send me a connection request without some specific reason why I should connect with you, I just delete them. Right, I do. right. <clears throat> So the takeaway there is if you send a connection request to somebody, you have 300 characters. Man, when I tell you some of the people I've connected with, the things I've gotten accomplished by sending connection requests to people I don't know and using every single last one of them 300 characters, it works. It works. It so, so, so be intentional. Don't just be out here willy-nilly because the worst thing is you connected to Jim, to Jim. Jim connect is connected to, to Mary. You want to get to Mary. Hey, Jim, can you introduce me to Mary? Well, guess what? You don't even really know Jim because you treat LinkedIn like it's Facebook. Right. And, and to that point, like especially companies that are B2B. So if you are looking, you know, who, who is your clients? Who are your consumers? Exactly. And so I think, I think it's important for us to really evaluate what platforms we are on and how we interact and show up. Because for me, I want people to, you know, follow me and engage with me 
who actually are interested in the things that I'm talking about. Because if you have a whole lot of followers and yeah. they're not communicating with you, it's like, well, what what use are they? They're not useful right. to you. No, that's right. And, and that's what Seth Godin talked about. Minimum viable audience. You know, minimum viable product is a startup term. Just That's just like the basic functionality of your product or service where you could get some feedback, maybe get some paying customers, the basics, bare bones. Minimal viable audience, the smallest amount of people who really like you, who love you. And you talking only to those people and you're ignoring everybody else because you can't be all things to all people because if you're trying to do that, you're nothing to no one. Right, right. Well, one of the things that I know that you talk about and you mentioned that you are a father of twins. And when you started your company, you were a new dad. Can you kind of share what yeah. struggles that you yeah. faced being a parent and, yeah. you know, having a business? Because I think there's a lot of parents who, you know, it can become overwhelming trying to have a yeah. new business and being a so, dad. So I'm a single dad, divorced dad of eight-year-old twins now. And I'm virtual schooling my kids every single day during, you know, COVID, which is really hard i ain't gonna lie i'm tired um yes. but but we but we persevere right so so i'll and i'll, I'll preface my comments w- with this if you are a parent and an entrepreneur and you're married and you don't have a supportive spouse you don't even need to be a parent you're just married and you're an entrepreneur if you don't have a supportive spouse and you're an entrepreneur I think one of two things, one of three things will happen. Either the marriage will fail, the business will fail, or both will fail. Yep, I said that. That's a whole fact right there. So um, my kids, I was living in Northeast Wisconsin. I'm from New York originally. We're living in Chicago prior to moving up to Appleton, Wisconsin, like 30 miles south of Green Bay, middle of nowhere, cold as hell. You thought Chicago was cool? Child, please. Listen, yo, um, middle of nowhere, like 10 black people in the whole town. I knew like eight of them, you know, um, and it wasn't exactly a bastion for tech startups. And I'm trying to get this thing off the ground or clean out my savings, just really grinding hard. Um, So I was fortunate enough to get into this startup accelerator in Madison, Wisconsin called Generator. I mean, back then Generator was brand new, but right now Generator is killing it. They're doing amazing work right now. I actually had the co-founder from Generator come through and talk in our community about angel investing and accelerators, right? So my relationships I bring to bear, and I know people in our community have benefited from that experience and have reached out to Troy and applying to these different programs and whatnot that they have and getting some traction. Somebody just texted me yesterday that they made it to the next round for this other program on the back of me, you know, getting them some access, you know, and that's what it's all about. But so I was starting this accelerator and two days before the program was to start, uh, we had to deliver the twins three months prematurely. They weighed two pounds each. And that was a two hour drive each way to Madison. So put down your pipe and smoke it. So that's my introduction to parenting and entrepreneurship. And I'm back and forth to the NICU, back and forth to Madison, crying every day, waking up at 2 a.m. every morning because I can't sleep from the stress of it all, trying to get our minimum viable product built, working with a super talented 
uh, developer with his own demons, recovering addict, super unreliable. It was hard, right? But you know, somehow just through look, I'm I'm in the 99th percentile of persistent and resilient people on the planet. That's my superpower. That's all I got. That's awesome. That's that's all I got. That's awesome. Yeah, I as a as a mom of twins, I know exactly what what you're speaking about because my twins they weren't born as early as yours. They were 35 weeks and six days. Yeah, like three, four, four, five pounds. Four pounds. They're like four pounds. Um, One was four pounds, eleven ounces. The other one was three pounds and five ounces. So they were very different. My twins are fraternal. Yeah, I'm sorry. As I'm, as I'm so the three pounder was in the NICU for a little bit, right? Yes, yeah, that's yes. Not fun. So, that's not fun at all. No, no. And you can't take what people may not know. You Well, both of yours were in the NICU. One of mine was in the NICU and one wasn't. Yeah. So the, the one who wasn't was could never go yeah. in the NICU. Yeah. So I would have to, and I didn't have any family in the area. So my yeah. husband would have to sit out with one while I went in yeah. with the other. And we Don't had to constantly go back and forth. And it, yeah. is, it is difficult. And um, yeah. I just, I, I definitely can relate to that because yeah. it was a scary time. And for it to be your first, yeah. you, you know, you're, this is your entrance into parenthood. And, and so, entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I always got thrown right into the fire. And so the kids came home. She came home. My daughter at six weeks. My son came home at 10 weeks. This is real. <laughs> this is what parenting really is. That's what it is, man. And no matter how many times I tell you not to come downstairs and I close the door and gave you some food and gave you some drinks, you're still down here monkeying around. Right? Because that's just what that's it is. Parenthood. <laughs> that's just what it is. So so anyway, um, I, I, I got to the accelerator and right before I was going on stage or during for demo day, which is when you're pitching to a large room of would-be investors or hope, potential investors, right before I went on stage, I got a call from one of the angel groups that we pitched. And he said, hey, I'm going to fill your whole round. I was looking to raise $250,000. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to write you a check for $250,000. And I just like, I cried, man. I dropped to my knees. I thank God. And, you know, and I know that sounds like a lot of money, but the funny thing is we actually raised just enough money to fail. That's a whole other story. <laughs> That's the other thing, you know, entrepreneurs of color, or black entrepreneurs, we don't ask for enough money. Right. I mean, but part of it was where I was living. It wasn't really, it was new. You know, I mean, our first round, we raised total 335000 And then after we ran out of money a year or so later, he gave us another 100000 But at that point, it was too late. It didn't matter, you know. Um, but I, I really needed to raise like a million dollars to have a legit shot at what we were trying to do. What What did you learn from that experience that you would say, I I would do this particular thing differently. Other well, than just asking my, for more money. money. Well, yeah, no, I would have raised my money. We would we would raise more money. Um, we would raise more money because the problem was the MVP. Yeah, that was cute for a demo for a pitch, but when we turned it on on, it was incredibly unstable. So we had to take time to fix it. 
tear it apart, to build it back modularly, to stabilize it. And by the time we got to that point, we were almost out of money. And the investor was like, oh, we're not finna throw good money after bad. I'm like, well, great. We got this Good Morning, uh, this Today Show feature coming up in a couple of weeks. He's like, we'll see how that does. I'm like, like that's going to be the savior of the day. It's not. It wasn't. It was awesome. Right? I mean, I got the business on the Today Show three times on my own. Uh, and Good Morning America, Money Magazine, Martha Stewart's blog, CNBC. I did all this stuff on my own without a publicist. Um, but you are your own publicist. So <laughs> that definitely counts for something. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did a webinar in the community about how to get PR on your own without a publicist. And you don't, you know, look, <clears throat> so I will say PR does not equal cash flow. Right. Right. It doesn't. Um, so getting PR is not going to solve whatever fundamental issues you have with your business. Although it's, you know, it's great. It's a great credibility market. It makes people feel comfortable when they come to your website. It helps you get some new customers. It's good when it works. It doesn't always work though. Um, no matter how big or splashy the hit is, sometimes it bombs and sometimes it kills, right? Um, so the other thing is Seth Godin, I don't know if you saw, I've, I've been sharing some, clips from the last time he came yes. one of my one of the best people like if you guys are listening like stop sit down this is the best marketing advice you're going to get in 2021 this right here Seth Godin said that PR is about trying to get attention right trust spend your time earning the trust of your customers get your customers to tell 10 of their friends about your business that's what you need to be focused on. And I'm telling you, he told me that last year. I was like, oh, when he came to visit us, I was like, oh, word. And, and that's when I turned on our ambassador referral program inside the community. And about 15% of our members now come from referrals. I don't know what a good benchmark is, but I think that's pretty dope. Right, right. It is. It definitely is. So you talk a lot about confidence. You definitely have pitched your business more than one business. What really helps drive you to have that courage to do that? And how are you still instilling those lessons in your kids? Hmm. Um, yo, I am, um, just like I said, I'm the most persistent and resilient person. I'm in the 99 percentile. I'm not saying I'm the most, but I'm in the top 1%. Right? I might be at the top of that list if you picked up the 1%. So I'm internally driven. Um, I'm not afraid. I'm crazy, right? Crazy like a fox, right? Were you always like that, or is a that little bit, a little bit, no, a little bit? And I just don't care. I legit, yo, I legit don't care. You don't want to talk to me, I don't care. You say to stop emailing you, I don't care. You don't get back to me, mm, I don't care a little bit because I'm, a, you know, depending on how bad I want it, I'm gonna find a way to make you talk to me. But if you don't, I don't care. I don't take it personally. I don't, I'm not going to get my feelings. I don't care. Mm. I, you have got to shoot your shot. All right? Shooting your shot is, yeah, you got to know some tips and tricks, but mostly it's a mindset. Just do it. Like I emailed Mark Cuban. I sent him a cold email. Uh, I said, if I could interview him from my blog, this is right before I started the foundation. 
I was featuring some inspiring parentpreneurs. I emailed them. He got back to me in 10 minutes. He's like, sure. Wow. I emailed them back an hour later. Hey, Mark, I'm looking for some good pictures of your family. I don't see any. He said, how's this? And he, he knows that he used to respond to my emails. He doesn't respond to my emails anymore, but he hasn't told me to stop emailing him. Uh, and also he had his three comma brand people send me some stuff, some swag. It looks like he signed it. I don't, so he still likes me, right? And as long as he doesn't tell me to stop emailing him, I send him occasional updates because I know that eventually he's going to do one or two things. He's going to come, one or three things. He's going to agree to come talk to the members in our community. He might do like a little 60-second video that I can upload just to inspire people. Or he might write us a check. Wow. So how are you instilling that sort of confidence in your kids? Because I find that that type of confidence is very rare. Um, you know, it's hard, man, because, you know, as I said, I'm divorced and we don't necessarily have the same co-parenting styles. Um, but I am spending a lot of time with them now because of COVID. Um, so I did you know, get a chance to put my stamp on it, on them. But even then, I'm not as intentional about that because I'm just like surviving the Rona school and girl. Right? I'm just trying to get to the end of the day, like wine o'clock come earlier than it used to now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm just keeping it a buck. Um, so it's hard, but I do intend, I'm already thinking like, all right, I want to start a business with them, for them, but they're so different. Um, it would need to be two different businesses, right? Or maybe I could somehow brain, brainwash them into agreeing that let's do one all together, right? But so I'm just, I just started asking those questions. So I'm open to that inspiration. And I find when I, when I'm open to inspiration and I start asking questions like, all right, God, what can I do with the kids? And bam, I start to get answers. So I would, don't be surprised if for a couple of months you talk to me again, like, hey, I've got this great idea, right? Just got inspired to do this. So. Wow. Wow. I can't wait to see what, what business comes next and what includes the kids. Cause I know I would love for my kids to start a business because people love children and I have very <coughs> smart and intelligent children. They just, because both of their parents are yeah. entrepreneurs, they're, they want to go the opposite direction. Yeah. But that's a good point you made though. Yeah. People will support and, and lift up the kids because their kids and they're cute. Right. Eventually that wears off. So you better have some compelling value proposition with a good product or service. Otherwise, nobody's going to care. They're going to treat you like everybody else. But one really important lesson. I don't know if you saw the webinar I did with Roz and Gabby Goodwin. Mm -hmm. uh, so Roz, Gabby has the Gabby bows. He invented a patented a double-sided double-faced hair bow. And they have this yes. thing called confidence and they're helping little girls get into business for themselves and sell the bows. Like I can show that to my daughter, but she's so picky. I don't she might, she might be like, eh, I don't know. I got to show it to her. But the, but the point is she told some stories. Her and Gabby told stories about they were on some TV thing and like some Steve Harvey show and she pitched and she thought she was going to get it and she didn't get it. All right. And they didn't even air it. And she was devastated. Baby girl was crushed, crying. That was great. That was great. <laughs> The lesson of resilience yes. and because look so there's a really good book that i read some years ago called grit by angela duckworth 
And the whole reason she wrote the book was trying to figure out, you know, in this country, we tend to think that the most talented people win. It's not true. The grittiest people, which is persistence and resilience, which I mean, as I saw, I got, so I guess I got a shot at this thing. Um, the grittiest people work, so uh, win. So talent times effort equals skills, what she said, and skill times effort equals achievement. That was one of my favorite takeaways from the book. But she then asked the question, how do you raise gritty children? And I'm like, oh, now you got my attention for real, for real, right? Um, and she said that when children have to overcome adversity, it literally rewires their brain to make them grittier adults. So all this helicoptering and bulldozing, you ain't doing nobody no favors, I promise you. What you just mentioned, can you kind of really unpack that just a little bit before we go? I know that, you, you know, we, ha we have to end on this note, but... I believe in adversity. When I started my platform 10 years ago, my children were two. And I said the greatest lesson, because I went to a boarding school and I saw what happens when you uh, just shelter your children. And I was, I grew up very differently than my classmates. And I said, I don't want my children's life to be so easy that they don't have to work for anything because they won't grow up to be the people and fulfill the potential that I, I believe that they can. So what did you face in your life? You mentioned, you know, having a business that failed, but what right. other than that, what helped you really push past adversity? What, what is a part of your story that really said, hey, I have to keep going because it seems like it's not just something you, you casually do, it's a part of who you are. I mean, first of all, I'm black, you start there. Right, because you know, <laughs> but all, I went to an all black boarding school, and I tell you, you can shelter yeah, black no, children. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, that's just, that's the starting point. But I grew up in the hood, you know what I mean? I grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. That was not the worst neighborhood in Brooklyn or New York City, but every summer on or around the corner from my block, somebody would get shot. That ain't good. Right? Right. So, like, that's how we are grew up. And, you know, I, yo, man, I have had to scrap and scrape for every single blade of grass on the field of life. All right. Until now. Until now. Because for the first time in my life, I'm walking downhill with the wind to my back. Mm. And why is that? It's because I, I'm in alignment. I am co-creating this foundation experience with God. I wake up every single morning. I said, all right, God, just tell me what to do. Just give me two to three things. And, and that's inspiration that I can do to keep me moving down the purpose path. And oh, by the way, and this was a huge, a quantum leap personal development leap forward for me send me two or three people that can help me out as well why is that big for me because you know i finally realized i don't have to do it all by myself you know <clears throat> but why was i always doing that why was i always doing it by myself why wasn't i dependent on other people because i couldn't depend on people but that's not the right way to think about it 
right? God, please send me some people. <clears throat> so every day, yo, every single day, somebody sliding in my DMs, hit me on email, hit me on Twitter, LinkedIn. Yo, look, this perfect story. We were talking about Mark Schuster and how he helped, you know, he was on Twitter. And I, I, so I never finished that story. I was like, yo, Mark, I didn't, I just sent him an update. I was like, hey, Mark, here's our latest grant cohort. Just keeping you updated. No expectation. He goes on Twitter. All right, everybody. I'm matching the first $5,000 in donations to this incredible organization. Right? Just send me the receipts. Boom, 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 boom. Then so I sent that tweet to David Cohen. I was like, yo, D, um, how, how can we blow this out? Amplify, exclamation point. I'm like, word, okay, let's see what he do. He goes on Twitter, retweets that. He said, I'm matching $5,000 too. And then I get an email from Mark. Yeah, my partner at our VC firm, he's going to put in 5K too. So this thing starts going nuts, right? And then a month later, because this is about a month ago, on LinkedIn, a post I put about that on LinkedIn, some random dude on LinkedIn, hey, this is great. You know, I'd like to match too. So I'm going to reconnect with you real quick. See what you talk about. I connected with him on LinkedIn. He was like, "Yo, how do I find you? I want to send this from a Fidelity Charitable Trust account." I was like, "This is the information." Boom! He sent me a copy of the screenshot. He sent us five thousand dollars. So what I'm saying is, I'm co-creating this thing, and I'm not banging my head against the wall. Yeah, I'm hustling. Of course, I'm like hustling, right? But it's not the same. I'm not scatterbrained. I'm not banging my head against the wall. I mean, and half this stuff I'm doing in the middle of Rona school, right? My kids, I'm like, you paying attention? Are you in the right place? Right? Put your headphones on because I can't think with all that noise. And I'm, you know, it's crazy, but it's great. So to, to that point, I just want people to know some of the things that you have done in your community that, you know, I mentioned the LinkedIn um, consultations earlier, but you've done e-tutoring, you've done virtual assistance, like you're meeting, yeah. when we think about Jesus's life, you know, just to take it there, we are always taught that he met the needs of the people. And I've never been a part of an online community that meets the needs of the people quite like yours. And I think you really put the money where your mouth is. And I'm, I'm definitely amazed by that. So outside of the e-tutoring, you've done legal services and, and therapy. Like our community really needs therapy. So I just wanted to kind of, and, and you do a great job of letting people know where their money is going. And I think that has been what really separates what you do from just other people that says, I have this, this business and they're not really, you know, I know everything that you are doing, like you keep everybody updated. And it seems like, you know, you, you've been masterful at that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, so part of the reason I'm good at giving people what they need is because I am y'all. Right? Everything I've done up until this point has prepared me for this beautiful moment right here. All of it, no matter how hard it was, it all makes sense to me now. Um, so, so I know intuitively and instinctively what people need, but I don't know everything. So that's why like sometimes you see me put out a poll. I'm like, hey, yo, what y'all think about this? 
right? What about that? Like, what y'all need with this? So that's why, you know, you talked about the tutoring. So yeah, the tutoring is with, because not everybody's kids who are virtually learning are doing well in that environment. So we pay for virtual tutors for a few people's kids. Um, and the virtual admins, we just did another five. So we've done 10 of those. Man, it cost me almost $6,000 a pop when I do that like that. Um, but those were suggestions from people in the community. They were like, we really, we desperately need this. So, and I listened, we have a great icebreaker question, which is what's your most important need or most urgent need as a parentpreneur? And you can imagine most people are like, I need money. I'm like, you know, just like, sorry. It's like, you know, but even that kind of stuff, it annoys me a little bit because, you know, people say they need these things, but then I spin up these events and they don't show up a lot of times. You know, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I, I am paying attention. I'm listening. I'm asking for feedback. And that's how I know. That is amazing. Well, I thank you for your time. I thank you for just being honest with us and open and, and really just pouring into the community. I really wanted to have you on this podcast because I know that a, lot, a large number of listeners are parents and entrepreneurs. So in the last few seconds that we have, can you share with people how they can become a part of your community and connect yeah. with you? Yeah, so if you're a black parentpreneur, visit parentpreneurfoundation.org and there's a CTA right at the top of the page. Join our community. It's free. Uh, just join. You know, look around. Stay engaged. I would encourage you, if you're in there, download the Mighty Networks app and turn your mobile push notifications on because a lot of times, I don't know if you, did you see my email I put up today about, you know, Focus Brands has agreed to give us more food gift cards. So they're giving us $1,500 worth of food mm -hmm. gift cards. So $50 gift cards for 30 people. And when I do those things, it's like, all right, first 30 people that apply after that, the application is closed. And if you are out here waiting for your email, you don't get the good. So, and I'm like, I, I, don't, I, I don't care. Right. I did my job. All good. So, um, so that's the one thing. Join the community. Uh, the second thing is please donate. Like these things are not happening because of likes and shares. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, nobody's kids eats likes and shares. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yo, hashtag small checks matters. Small checks matter. Uh, Twenty-five dollar donation, fifty, hundred, whatever. You know, support us. Tell your friends about us. Encourage them to contribute. You know, I would love to see more black people supporting our foundation. You know, the majority of what we get is coming from people that don't look like us. And, you know, I mean, I get that to a certain extent. We look at the data, you know, we, we're not the ones with the money, but we got money. You know, let's keep it up. Some of us do. Some of us have lots some of us money. Got money. Some of us got lots of money, but don't need lots of money. You send 25 bucks, right? You see our content? Right. Like, share it. Share it. Uh, the work we're doing matters. We are empowering people. We're inspiring people. I am getting out of the minimum viable foundation mindset and starting to think about how I can scale this thing up to have global impact and um, starting to work on that. And, you know, let's go. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for starting the foundation and being willing to share. So I will put all of those links in our show notes. So if you are listening and you need a link, I will put it in the show notes on cleverlychanging.com, but you can totally just go to the website. Um, but we, we appreciate just you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've never been as encouraged as I am now. 
And so I just wanted to take time to really just kind of talk to you because you've poured into me, not, you know, unknowingly, probably knowingly somewhat, but um, I think that for the community that I talk to, this has been just eye-opening for them. And so I just wanted to thank you and I wish you well. I hope that, you know, the whole experience with remote learning is crazy. It's crazy for all of us. I'm it's a veteran homeschooler and it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's just it's a hard. difficult period and a difficult season, but we yeah. will all get through this. We will. And, you know, school will be over soon and things look like, look like they're on the right track and they'll be back in school in the fall and hallelujah. <laughs> but you know, the crazy thing before we hop, the crazy thing before you hop is, you know, I'll be like, oh, I can, I would be more productive if I didn't have to do that. I don't know if that's true, right? Because if you want something done, you can give it to a busy person. I'll be more procrastinating more than anything probably if I had right. all that extra time. So. Right. To, to that point, when I was in college, I took 23 credit hours and I worked two jobs. That was the oh, year I made the best grades. That's insane. <laughs> because I was more focused. I had to be. I didn't have any other choice. Was but like I seven, did not want to pay eight for classes? a year. Was that seven or eight classes? That's yes, and I didn't want to pay for an extra year because school is expensive and I was yeah, paying for it for, you know, by myself. So I said, it's, it's cheaper for me to finish this way. Yeah, that's then amazing. <laughs> and you killed the grades. That's exactly the point. You want something yeah. done? Give it to a busy person. Right, right. So it has been a pleasure. And I know that my listeners will definitely support and really take an interest in what you shared today. But I wish you much success in all that you do. You too, man. You and the part of community. I want to see you in there more often now. I, yes, see, I see you yes. in there every once in a while. I want to see you in there more. No, but I'm, I'm juggling so many, Girl, so many I hats. I get it. You don't have to like... <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, if I had a clone, I could do it all. <laughs> I, I totally get it. I get it. You doing but eight classes you, and two you. jobs all over again. <laughs> yes. And, 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 you know, as a parent, you talk about, you know, your kids are eight. My kids are 12, but, you know, they just, they're just in a different phase. They need me more now in some ways than they did mm -hmm. when they were eight. So it's just parenting changes. It just morphs in different ways. So as parents, yeah. even though we may be entrepreneurs, we really have to pour into, you know, that quality time uninterrupted without distractions to me that is what is at the root of yeah. you know raising mindful children and so we have to we have to find a way to do that yeah it doesn't get easier parenting it just gets different yes anyway see my t-shirt you know dad's make punch oh awesome <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to get one of those for my husband yeah, so it's pop life pop life shop actually he's in our community too but he's, oh, yeah, he has a brand that celebrates fatherhood. It's got some really dope stuff on there. So name is Sean Singleton. He's in our community. So everybody, go, go, go to the community. You will find some of the most amazing entrepreneurs out there. They're doing all different types of things. And, and they're doing it well. And they're getting support from our founder, James Oliver Jr. So thank you. All right. All right. Thanks well, so have a wonderful day and all the best. All right. Thanks so much.
Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.